This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hello and welcome to the Girl Fit Method podcast. I'm your host, Natasha Wakefield, and I am here to help you take charge of your health, get empowered, and ultimately become the best version of yourself. Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Girl Fit Method podcast. So on today's podcast episode, I have the incredible Bianca. Hello, Bianca. Hello, how are you? I am good. I know you as the Bondi brat. Yes. (laughs) So I came across Bianca on TikTok. Who knows why you were in my feed and I just got a little bit obsessed with just watching your videos and listening to you just talk and just share about your life. Um, You are so, how do I describe you? I think you're great. When I first watched my very first TikTok, or I watched the first TikTok of you, I thought like, this girl is great. You do not hold back. Like you wear your heart on your sleeve. You're so honest and open. And that's something I really respect in somebody, someone that doesn't try to be fake or cover up anything. You're an open book, which I love. And we sort of connected from there. So I'm super excited to have you. Isn't it weird how social media platforms like that can connect people from just like completely different worlds almost where you would never run into each other, but here we are. It's insane. It's insane. It's very surreal because you're in Adelaide. I'm in Queensland. I know. We're in totally different industries. Like we probably would never actually have crossed paths had it not been for social media and how it brings everyone together and connects everyone. So, yeah, it's pretty unreal. Yeah, and it's so good because there are so many different polarizing opinions and maybe we'll chat about that especially considering the industry that you're in and sometimes I go into your comment sections (laughs) just for a little scroll it's a wild place for those comments oh my goodness is it ever and um it's just interesting to see different people's opinions but also like I think because like we would have probably never have even crossed paths I love that fact because I truly believe that you know, you've been through stuff I've never been through and vice versa. We can all learn something from each other. And by being open-minded like that, we've got the opportunity to learn off of each other and just, just learn more about the world and about people, which then in turn can actually grow us as humans too, if we're open to it. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's get to know you like a little bit more. Who are you, Bianca? Let's start back from young Bianca. What was your upbringing like? Oh my gosh. Okay. My upbringing. So I grew up in Melbourne. So I'm a Melbourne girl originally, and I grew up in the southeastern suburbs of Melbourne. I've got a brother. He's two years older than me, and my mum and my dad. And I had a pretty cruisy, normal upbringing. I'd say nothing too crazy. Um, Probably around 14, my parents divorced and had that turbulent teenage years because of that. But my upbringing, I don't really know how to answer this one. It was pretty good. Um, I probably had a very disconnected relationship with my mum and dad from about 16, 17 onwards, I was in and out of home, kicked out. I was living with boyfriends much older than me. I had to grow up pretty quickly. And I would say I didn't really have a parent figure in my life for a few years and very important years. So like my later teens and early 20s. And that was um, a mutual doing. It wasn't just them being like, I don't want to speak to you. It was very both sides. Um And I'd say that was pretty difficult, but it really moulded me into how I am today. Um, 
but yeah, like my upbringing from like a childhood and everything was pretty regular, pretty re- regular Aussie upbringing. It was more so like my late teens, early 20s when I started going through a little, little bit more um, turbulence in my life. Mm-hmm. And that would be like sort of what molded me to who I am today. Um, but yeah, like. I don't know. What else do you want to know? <laughs> well, it's funny because like the first TikTok I saw of you was around <clears throat> you were struggling with binge eating and that's what mm. popped up on my feed and I just felt like I needed to reach out to you because I could see that you're in a spot where I recognized I had been before where you just feel so incredibly kind of hopeless and somewhat out of control where you've got this thing that seems to control you and when that's really quite false actually you know we create coping mechanisms for stressful periods in our life that can pop up at any point and we can feel that those things control really the trajectory of our life or the habits that we are getting ourselves into we can't quite break when we can but when you're in that in that moment it's really really difficult and quite scary and I guess like a lot of listeners on the podcast have struggled with eating and issues with eating. So like when I heard you talk so candidly about that, first of all, I just was like so much respect for you for putting it out there. And then secondly, I just wanted to help you in whatever way I possibly could, which I couldn't really, but sometimes just knowing that you're not alone is nice as well. Yeah. You were really sweet. You reached out to me and it meant a lot. Definitely. Definitely. I could just see Um, you hurting. Yeah, I was, I was, I've struggled with eating and food and probably consumption problems my entire life. I think I've been um, binging and purging since I was about 13 years old and I'm 30 now. So that's a big chunk of my life, not consistently all the time, but it has been very regular. It's always been a thing that's come up. And I've always, I was um, in school and everything. I wasn't very good at, um, like I wasn't very good in school, but I was very good at sport. And there was a lot of preface put on my physical body, my sporting ability and and all that sort of stuff and as I was getting older and and going through puberty my body started changing and I would get comments about my eating oh you don't eat that you're going to put on weight that's you know don't eat too much and that just started giving me a little bit of a complex and almost as well a little bit of a fuck you complex I'm going to keep eating and you know all all these all these little, little things and then obviously your body starts to change a little bit and next thing I knew, I was purging my food as well. And this was just ongoing for a long time. I didn't really look at it as a bad thing at that time because I was so young. It was just something that I was doing. But then it was progressively happening more and more and it would be something that was just consumed in my life. Um, if I was going through a hard time, I would reach out to food and find comfort in overconsumption. There was something about just just putting food in my mouth that was so comforting but so shameful. It was disgusting to me. I found it disgusting. Like I'm just stuffing food into my face. Like mm-hmm. of all the coping mechanisms I've had in my life, I found the most shame around that one, to be honest. And I've been a drug addict before as well. But the food was just, I found it really gross. And because of that, then I didn't really want to talk to anyone about it. And then it was just something that I brought along with me in my life for a very, very long time. And I honestly was so unaware of how many women are actually going through the same thing and not just women, men as well with the food consumption and what you do because food is just so easily accessible now. Mm. It is such an easy way to dull your pain or use it as a coping mechanism. And it's also very shameful in a sense because you feel quite gross about it. Like you're 
you know, it's it's just it's got a whole stigma about it, and it's a whole nother ball game. But I feel like it's really hard to talk about. And I was going through, a, so I, I battled with it on and off, on and off, on and off. And then recently, I said, and I I got really good with it. I was I had it pretty much under control. And then I got rhinoplasty on my face, and it triggered just all these old wounds to come up. And one of them was binging. But because I just had rhinoplasty, I couldn't purge. So I was just binging and I found myself getting into these really bad cycles because I would binge so much and I wasn't purging. So the next day I woke up feeling absolutely awful. Like my body was exhausted. I wasn't resting. You know, my body was just over, just trying to process everything that I've been putting through it. And you wake up the next day, you feel heavy, feel lethargic and it's like, oh, I'm just going to keep eating. And you keep doing it. And then you're like, tomorrow, tomorrow I'm going to stop. And then it just, tomorrow never comes. You just continuously... And before you know it, you're in this really deep cycle and it's really, really hard to get out of. And I found myself there quite like in there. My body started changing. You know, I, I started feeling a lot of shame. I didn't really know what to do or how to get out of this. And so then I was just like, oh, I'm just going to talk about it online and try and put a voice to this part of me instead of judging it and putting shame on it. Because if I keep doing that, I'm just going to stay doing this forever. It's hard to get out of something if you don't acknowledge it for what it is and so I just started talking about it and um yeah it was really incredible how many people actually like not incredible how many people are going through the same thing but just really profound how many people are reaching out and wanting to talk about as well and have the exact same mentality about it that shame and that disgust and that guilt and that self-hatred and for that part of you and just all that judgment yeah and yeah then you reached out to me and it was just like it was just, it just a lot of things. Like I, I feel like everything happens for a reason and me talking about that online, connecting with you and then all, all that sorts of things and like connecting with other people that are going through it just really helps. And it, it's gotten me to where I am now, which is I, I feel like I'm on the other side of my binging after I would say a good 10 months of on and off quite badly binging and, and purging as well. Well done, first of all, because it's hard work. It's really not easy. And, like, the thing that I've heard you say so much is shame. And it's so Mm -hmm. interesting. Like you said, we use, you know, we all use unhealthy coping mechanisms to deal with the stresses in life. But it is really interesting that we connect so much or we have so much shame around what we put in our mouths or our habits around our relationship with food. And as you are talking, I was thinking, I wonder if that is because as women – when we're brought up and like just touching on what you were saying when you were young, where there was such a focus on what you should be eating and what you shouldn't be eating that you were taught, it's kind of drilled into you from a young age, even if you're not athletic, right? Even if you weren't in the position that you were in, that we're as women, as little girls, it is drilled into us that what we consume, our weight and our appearance and our body holds so much weight to what our value is. And so what's the best way to devaluate ourselves or to self-sabotage really when we are feeling not great about ourselves is to kind of almost ruin that because then that takes away even more of our value. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like shining a mirror or replicating what we're feeling inside in some way that we can hurt ourselves on the exterior so that we're attracting people that think that we're not good enough or showing this exterior that shows that we're not good enough when regardless, <coughs> regardless of what our weight is, it doesn't actually matter. 
But I think that would be the main reason as to why there is so much shame. I as well had an eating disorder growing up uh, in my late teens as well. I had anorexia and I didn't even realize either, just like yourself, you kind of get yourself into these habits with food. And before you know it, you're sucked in and you're in this situation where you're almost like living in this world where food controls you, these bad habits control you, and you Mm -hmm. don't even quite know what is going on. It's quite scary and breaking out of that is really incredibly difficult. So the fact that you have like now after that binging episode is really amazing. But I want to ask you another question. And that Mm -hmm. is, we haven't touched on it, which is what you do for a living, right? So maybe I'll, I never know what word, like what to use that's, you would prefer (laughs) sex sex worker. Is that what I say? Yeah, I'm a a sex worker and I work as an escort. Yes. Okay. So that's how I would say. Okay, cool. So once again, like your body, would you say your body is currency in that capacity? Yeah. Absolutely. And it's very, um, Sometimes it's quite difficult to for people to, to relate to people when I'm talking about like how my body image is and that sort of thing because my body is my business card. Mm. So I'm not only am I damaging my body when I'm binge eating, I'm damaging you know my my mental health and all these sorts of things. I'm also damaging my income. Mm. So a lot of pressure, and it's almost like that pressure is just too much. You know that what I should be doing and what I need to be doing, um, and that's not to say that. You know, there is a lid for a resource, but any sex worker can be any any size. But for me, my 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 product and what I put out there as me is a certain way, and that's what I'm comfortable doing. And then when I'm binge eating and doing all these sorts of things to kind of sabotage myself, um, that's also affecting my work and then the yeah. pressure. And then I don't want to work. I've, I haven't really worked in like ten months, to be honest. I've had a long like on and off, but I've had a very long time off because I've just not like what I've been seeing in the mirror. And it's not that I physically don't like what I see. What I see is more so a reflection of what I've been doing to myself. Yeah. Um, and I see that. And it's hard. It definitely affects affects my work um, 100%. And it's, it's, it's yeah, it definitely affects work without it's a doubt. It's interesting because we also work with women in all different um so we tend to have a lot of girls as well in the modeling industry, entertainment industry, OnlyFans as well, where their body is also their currency. And even yeah. to a degree mine is as well because yeah. whether I like it or not, people will look at me and just choose whether they want to work with me really based on what I look like, which 100%. the I you know for me really that is like it does feel like a lot of pressure. But also what I've had to learn to do, and I think this is like the beauty of getting older really and going through shit (laughs) and then realizing that your value doesn't lie in that. But what I've had to learn to do, and I'm sure that's been the case with you, is to detach your body from your worth. And the question I get asked all the time is how do I work on my confidence? How do I work on accepting the way that my body is? And my biggest piece of advice is number one, to find value in who you are because who you are is your soul. It's actually got nothing to do with the way that you look. But then secondly, you need to learn to detach this physical body from who you are as a being so that they're two separate entities. Yes, this is me. This is my arms. Like I, I, I'm not perfect, but I like what I've got here. I like what I've got here, but ultimately if this is taken away from me tomorrow, I'm still who I am inside, which is 
hard to learn, but for you as well. I mean, there is such a focus on that. And I know like you've gotten to the point now where, look, and none of us are perfect. We all have days that we feel shit and there's nothing wrong with that. But from your perspective, what's that journey look like for you to be able to learn to accept yourself, but also realize that your value lies in so much more than just your product? Well, I think first of all, like you hit a nail on the head with what where we value. We, I think women and men, people, we put value in the wrong things, value in how we look, what we own, how we're how we're exterior like what our exterior is, our, the car we drive, the clothes we wear, all these sorts of things you can get really caught up in that what that makes that makes you you when really it doesn't, like you said, it is your soul, it's your internal world that makes you you. And one of the things that have really helped me get to the other side of this was to build my confidence back. And how I've done that is not by looking in the mirror and saying, I'm so hot, which I also do. But like how I built my confidence back and feel good again is by building trust back within myself. And how I've been doing that is I've been setting a non-negotiable or setting setting something up that I'm, I need to do every day and I need to show up and do it whether that be I need to leave the house and go for a 10-minute walk. It can be anything, but you have to do it. And you slowly do this and you slowly um, build up a trusting relationship with yourself and in that brings confidence within yourself because you're confident that you will show up for yourself. And then those things manifest to other parts of your life and you can build on that. It's like habit stacking your own life and habit stacking your own confidence back into it and not. And when you do that, then you start seeing other things outside of just your, your body. Mm. And what when you said like you, it's like we're two separate beings, what I like to do with my body is treat my body or talk to my body or love my body like it's my best friend because really our bodies do exactly what our mind tells it to do. Our body isn't sitting there shoving food in our face and shoving food in the face, you know what I mean? And then like it's not choosing to do that. We're making it and then we're punishing our body for doing it by not going outside, by not seeing sunlight we're not going to do by not then putting nutritious like nutritional food into our bodies you know and it's like would you treat your best friend like that no if your best friend like you know had a bad week and like ate really badly then said like I don't deserve to go outside wouldn't you just be like no yes you do of course you do and like that's what I've started doing myself so like building confidence is building trust by showing up for myself and then also just treating myself like treating my body like it's my best friend and really just um, being showing gratitude for my body, even when I binge. It's like, well, I told you to do that and you did, so thank you. Do you know what I mean? Instead of shaming it and being like, oh, I'm, you're so gross. Oh, look at you. Oh, look at this, it's, you know, because it's like your body is doing everything. It's like the most loyal servant and then it does everything you ask it to and then you turn around and ridicule it. Like, of course, you're going to have, a, you know, a detachment with your, your, your body, your mind and your soul when you do that. So... For me, I've just really been trying to just be kinder. Like it, when you say be kind to yourself, it really can just mean anything, but really just just show up for yourself and then show love to yourself. Even when you feel like you're kind of off track, just acknowledge it and don't shame it. Yeah. Just, you know, love on it a little bit. Well, that's learning. I mean, from what I'm hearing you say there is like, I think what we can do is sometimes expect too much of ourselves and go into something, even when you do have some kind of issue with eating, like just say binge eating. And I see this all the time with our clients is that they will quote unquote slip up or make a mistake. And then that's it, you know, like kind of the, the situation that you were in recently where it was like, you binged, I'll start again tomorrow. You binge again, you binge again, you binge again. And it's almost like, 
all right, well, I've stuffed it up now. What's the point in trying again? And then it's that narrative in your mind where you are just hating yourself. You're hating your body. And really what you're hating is who you are. You're hating the action that you're taking. Your body, like you said, has done absolutely nothing. But in order to fix the habit, you need to fix that narrative in your mind. Have you, I'm assuming like the habit stacking, I'm pretty sure it's James Clear. Is it James Clear who wrote Atomic Habits? Who talks about habit stuffing? I could be completely wrong. I think so. I think so. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Is wrote, it? I just, I or is that? I don't know if I've gotten that wrong. But yeah, that book, it is yeah. incredible because a lot of people will get themselves in a situation like that and then they'll go, you know what? I don't feel motivated to go out and get 10 minutes of sunshine. The truth is, is you just wait on motivation or you feel like you need to wait until you feel like doing something, you'll be waiting for the rest of your life. It's about taking yeah. action, but also Absolutely. not creating huge goals for yourself even if we take it back to eating I'm never going to binge again well you probably will right and if you you can prepare yourself for that you're able to then view it as okay this is a learning curve this is why I don't want to do this again I'm going to pick myself up I'm going to show myself grace and kindness practice that and then the more that you do that, the less that behavior will have control over you or those urges will have control over you yeah Absolutely. I've been doing this. So what, what I've been like, I was actually like, I go on the beach, I walk on the beach and I just talk to myself <laughs> and I was chatting to myself about what I've been doing as well. Like um, one of the really profound thing that's helped me get out of the binging and it actually has nothing to do with the binging itself. So what I've been doing is I set up a morning routine and it's a non-negotiable every single morning. I do the same thing, no matter what I show up for myself and do it. And that's go jump in the water walk outside, get a coffee and go to the gym. Even if I walk into the gym and I leave, I just need to go. My body just needs to practice getting up and going and I do it every single day. So if I do binge that night, because generally I binge at night, I wake up the next day and I still get up and do it because I'm, I'm doing it every single day. It's becoming a habit. So even when I binge, it's not about the binge, it's about what you do after. It's okay, you've binged, it's happened, it's, it's fine, all right? You've You've done it. Even What I even tell myself is if I'm binging, I'm binging. Let's just do it. If I'm going to binge, instead of bullying myself and shaming myself and being fucking mean to myself, all right, I'm binging, I'm here, it's done. Done. Then the next day I wake up, it's a new day, and I get up and I do my habit. I go up and I do my morning routine and I get up and I go. And that's it. It's not about really the binge. It's about what you do after because we are human. We are mistakes. You are going to binge again. You know, You are going to slip up because that's life. But every single slip up is what propels you into the future of where you want to be and where you're going to go. And it's about what you do after, not what you're doing during. And I think that's what's really helped me. So the other night I binged. Um, I started cooking a meal and I had a great meal. And then I had a you know a protein dessert. And then I was like, mm, what can I eat next? And I before I knew it, I was binging. And I was like, okay, I binged. I ate a lot more than, you know, you know when you're binging. And then I walked into the toilet and I looked at the toilet and I thought, all right, now I'm going to be sick. And I thought, no, I've binged. I've binged. It's fine. I looked in the mirror and I'm like, it's fine. I've been just okay. It's not the end of the world. I don't need to punish myself and make myself sick for doing it. Just go to bed, have a good sleep, be kind. Like It's fine. I went to sleep. I woke up the next morning. Yeah, I felt shit. My body was unrested. I felt swollen. I felt stuffy. I did not want to get out of bed. But I made that decision right then and there to build this trust and confidence back in with myself. It doesn't matter about the binge, it's what I do next. Mm. And get yourself up. 
So I just feel like it's so important to make a plan outside of the binging. Don't have a plan for what you do when you binge. Have a plan for every single day and a routine and some sort of structure. So when you do binge, you have something to fall back on. You're not so lost and feeling helpless. You have a routine that you've created. It's like a, a, a safety net for your life for when you do slip up. And that is that has been profound for me, absolutely life-changing. It's uh-huh. just an amazing an amazing change and I like I just feel like it's really really helpful another thing I do is I'm really selective with the way that I talk about binging I don't say I don't identify with it as it's a part of me like I'm a binge eater I'm a recovering binge binge eater and that sort of thing because my brain hears I'm a binge eater your brain doesn't work in there just picks up what you're saying so I say I've healed binge eating I, I talk as if it's my future self even if I've just binged the night before I talk as if I'm healing it not that I'm trying to, mm. that I have, that I am. And little things like that have really, really helped me um, and just feel more positive about it and less like it's got me by a chokehold. Like it's now I've taken the control back. Well, what, I'm, really what I'm hearing is that you feel like you are worth not identifying as that and that behaviour is not behaviour that you deserve or self-talk that you deserve. You've chosen that regardless of sometimes your actions, whether your actions don't align with the person that you are or what you feel you should be doing, you have the love for yourself or the acceptance for yourself to not stay in that and not to identify that and not to actually put up with that. Even with just the abuse that you you spew in your mind, like you know exactly what it's like when you're in that negative mindset, you've done something wrong, you will just beat yourself up. And that yeah. is what keeps us stuck. You know, Absolutely. we know about shame breeds more shame. The more you mm-hmm. stay in shame, the more shame you feel. Then what happens after that is your actions will align with however you're feeling about yourself. And it's choosing to detach. You know, sometimes we are, you know, we're not perfect. None of us are perfect. But who do we want to be? Who's the person that we believe we are, the person that we want to become? And what would that person do? And that's exactly what you're doing, which takes a lot of like strength, a lot of courage and a lot of strength. Thank you. If you you shame a part of yourself, you're telling that part of yourself that there's something wrong with it. And then they're never going to heal. It's like, it's like when you're yelling at someone or treating something like, you know, if someone does something wrong and you yell at them, you know, you're telling them that they're wrong and you're putting shame on them. So you do that to yourself. Mm. If there's a, if you're binge eating and you feel gross about yourself or whatever it may be, and then you shame that and don't acknowledge it, you're just telling that part of you that it's wrong. That there's something wrong with it and it's going to keep doing it. And like, you know, so I'm, I, my, my way about it is just trying not to do that, remove that shame. Be like, okay, it's okay. You've done that. It's fine. It's okay. I love you. And let's, let's just, tomorrow's a new day. Let's just, tomorrow's a new day. And that's it. It really can be that simple, but it's really hard to get to that simplicity of it when you're really deep in that shame. And when you're yeah. really in there, really being so awful to yourself, yeah. you know, it's, it's like a process. And that's why support system is so good. That's why social media has been amazing for this. Like even connecting with you and just other people, you know, just talking about it and finding other people in different stages of their, you know, binge eating disorder or whatever maybe in stages where they where they're at, and you can like talk to them and get a support system. It's really helpful, and then you can get out of it eventually. But I feel like talking about it is really, really important. I am just rambling. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm a rambler too, but it's like a lot of women as well, we're verbal processors. And sometimes you just need to talk out what the heck is going on in your head yeah. or even journal it because you would know. And I've done this where like, I'm going through something and until I actually write it down or I say it out loud, I'm like, oh shit, do I actually, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. I didn't even realize yeah. That's what yeah. was swirling around in my mind. And until you know that, you actually can't address it. So it's just going to stay as a thought and as a belief in your head when you're not even aware of that's how you're viewing yourself or how Absolutely. you're viewing the situation. I just wanted to touch on one quick thing as well. When it comes yeah. to these like bad habits, would you say a big part of why girls find it hard to get out of the situation where they are, let's just say binging or whatever like bad habit you have, is that when that thing happens, you feel like a bad person and you start to experience all of these negative emotions like shame, like guilt, like fear, like anger, and we don't actually want to sit with those feelings and accept those feelings. And so how do we not deal with those is we distract ourselves and we continue on with that bad behavior. Well, not the bad behavior, but the behavior that's not serving us. We're like learning to actually sit with it and sit in like the yuck is so powerful because you realize Mm -hmm. it's not as scary as what you think it is. You just need to get over it. And in order to get over it, you need to be okay with experiencing it. The more uncomfortable you get with these emotions and sitting with it and being present present with it, the better you'll be, the more equipped you'll be for when it happens again. Because these emotions, I don't even like to say emotions are good good and bad anymore. I just feel like they're just they're just emotions and that's it. They all serve a purpose. Yeah. Um, but there are certain ones where we like to avoid. It is uncomfortable. You don't want to sit in it. So you'll do other things to avoid it, like you said. But yeah, I just feel like if you sit in it more. And get uncomfortable being uncomfortable. It sucks. Sometimes it's really uncomfortable. But, like, eventually it gets easier. It's like a skill, any skill. Like, the more you practice it, the better you'll be. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. And I think all the negative all the negative habits that we create in life will usually come from a place of fear. And if we yes. stop fearing everything and we understand that ultimately we're actually in control of everything, nothing is going to threaten us or take our life. Like, none of these feelings will actually... Yeah damage us but what will damage us is the habits and the behavior that come from us being too scared to actually just accept those feelings and know that that's just a part of life but yeah thank you so much for coming on Bianca I want everyone to know where we can find you I like you're one of my favorite people on TikTok do you know that I'm a big fan I love you I think you're great (laughs) you're so entertaining (laughs) So, so surreal it's so weird it's so weird when you when you watch someone like on a social media channel then you're actually talking to them you're like yeah they are like a real person but you're incredible where can we all find you um so you can find me on tiktok it's bondi brat underscore and then on instagram it's bondi brat underscore and yeah that's how you can find me thanks so much (laughs) for coming on i really appreciate it thanks so much for having me Thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast episode, guys. How incredible is Bianca? Make sure you go and follow her on TikTok and on Instagram. On TikTok, she's very entertaining. You will learn a lot. Trust me, she is so insightful, incredibly intelligent, and just an all-round incredible human being. Now, if you enjoyed today's podcast episode, please make sure you are subscribed, firstly, so you get notified, the little bell might 
podcast episode will pop up into your feed on a weekly basis. I release podcast episodes once per week, every single week without fail. And if you really loved it, I would appreciate that you left a review or a five-star rating. That would mean the absolute world to me. Take a screenshot of this, share it onto your stories, tag me, send me a DM, let me know what you liked about the podcast episode and even suggestions for guests you'd like me to have on or topics you want me to cover. All right, guys, that is it from me. Big love, Coach Tash. Mm -hmm.